This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. The Humerian Health Podcast post blog pause That's 2018. Right. That's right. And I'm really sad I didn't get to go, actually. We'll I heard there sure, were lots we'll sure, of we'll make sure. fun things. Really? I, yeah. We'll make sure. I, would, I love dogs. Yeah. So, and cats. Yeah. And they cats and they had rat? A rat? <laughs> yeah, they had a, a rat. rat, a rat, a pet rat, and there was a few other things. It awesome. was it was kind of an awesome. interesting thing, yeah. Yeah. But uh, we didn't get a chance to interview everyone that we wanted. I know. To. Imagine that we ran out of time, and yeah. there were hundreds of people we wanted to talk to. Yeah, and for <laughs> those that um, don't understand, the whole purpose of this is just simply that Humarian feels that blog bloggers uh, are out there independently trying to do a good job trying to help people and we want to do a very small 10 to 15 minute education about them that they can post to you and that can be posted with the blog post site and that you guys can share of other bloggers that are doing things different than you that is going to be advantageous for your 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 readers we learned a ton and so why not share it that's it so so you're going to see a series of those continuing of people that either were able to attend blog pause but we didn't get a chance to interview them or those that didn't get a chance to be there but were signed up to go looking forward to it let's jump right in This is Dr. Sean Benzinger with the Humarian Health Podcast. We're here today with Jessica Ray Williams, who is the owner of and blogger within of you did what with your wiener.com. And yes, I said that. You did what with your wiener.com. And Jessica, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you've been blogging, you said seven years, ten years, somewhere around there. and this is Seven years, yeah, a little over seven years. Okay, and you, really, one of your uh, hot topics, one of your specialties is hiking with small dogs, very specifically, which I think is yeah. really interesting. So apparently, first of all, you loved hiking before you had small dogs, I take it? That is, that is true, yes. <laughs> and then you thought, I can't stop hiking, so these small dogs got to go. Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I wanted a big dog to to go hiking with me, and I inherited a small dog and and was like, okay, buddy, it's you and me. I didn't know (laughs) at the time that most people didn't think small dogs could do stuff like that, so off we went, and the rest is history. May I ask what what type dog? I have two miniature dachshunds. Dachshunds. Oh, my gosh, so cute. Okay, so I think that immediately allows us to move into, well— you thought the same thing of, well, we're going to do this together. How do we do it? So is it, there, apparently there's some stereotypes of small dogs going hiking in comparison to the larger dogs. So where did those come from? And I guess if we can figure it out, but what's the stereotypes that you hear or have heard? Yeah, well, I wish I could totally figure it out. I think, um, you know, I've been trying for a few years. I think that it's really... People just equate size with physical ability, and that's not necessarily the case with dogs. No, um, absolutely. Because, because of course, a small dog can't maybe jump up on a ledge just as high as a big dog could. But it really comes down to breed and conditioning and kind of personality type more than the actual size of the dog. Um, so my aim is to kind of tell people that, show people that through our hiking stories and tips and everything um, and show them that, you know, they could choose a small dog as a, as a hiking companion or, you know, adventure. We travel and camp and stuff. Um, and especially for people that live in the city, that might be a good choice for them. So it's kind of 
my goal is to break the stereotypes down. Yeah, no, I think that's really great. And I think you're right that uh, I have a Maltese that thinks it can take down an elephant. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nine pounder and the thing, I mean, it's all out of tack. And, and it, it's, it's so much, we, we call it the cat dog because it acts more like a cat than a dog. It jumps all over the place. It jumps, <laughs> I mean, it's capacity. And I think you're right. It's just really physically fit, loves chasing balls, loves running, loves jumping. And you don't think of Maltese, which you think is a lap dog, basically. Um, you don't think right. of them as being ones you're going to go hiking with, but I have done it many a time. So when I saw your title, I was thinking, this is so funny because I take the Maltese out and they're saying, oh, such a little dog. Do you, t do you hike with him often? I said, yep, all the time. They said, well, didn't, didn't think he could last. And I've heard all kinds of crazy stuff. So that's really kind of funny. Oh, and I hear a lot of things on the trail. Um, I mean, it, it's perpetuating the stereotype, but I think in a lot of cases, people are just are genuinely curious, but they ask things like, you know, oh, well, do you have to carry them up here? Or how far do you have <laughs> to carry them? Or gosh, those little legs must be tired, you know, and, <laughs> and actually none of that's true. My dachshunds get out hike me and I have up until my senior dog became, um, too old to hike. Mm -hmm. I never had to carry them. So that's great. That's great. Well, so, so good. The whole idea that, um, a smaller dogs struggle, it just has to do with, are they capable physical fitness, taking care of your dog, make sure it's healthy. I mean, it seems to make sense. Exactly. Okay. Now mm -hmm. you mentioned hygiene is an important part with smaller dogs. What's that about? So you mean like on the trail and stuff? <clears throat> Correct. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the like with any, it's, it's really like with any dog, you have to be careful when you're going. You want to make sure that, um, you know, there's not a lot of, there's not dirt getting trapped underneath their harness and things like that or in between their paw pads. Um, so you may need to stop and, you know, check for that and clean that out. I actually bring a second harness um, that's a different type so it fits rubs in different places mm -hmm. so if they start to get chased i can switch that out to something else because i'm from the northwest and even in the summer our trails are usually wet and muddy we have stream crossings stuff like that and harnesses that get wet and muddy um, will almost always chase your dog's skin unless they have a whole lot of fur then maybe not but mine is mine don't so, yeah, no, that makes sense. I have to watch out for. Are there other uh, tools or instruments that you bring because of the paw pads or anything else besides the second harness? Um, you know, dogs don't really require a lot of equipment. I mean, essentials okay. would be like a bowl with water. You have to have, you know, that. They have to stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. A first aid kit. You know, a lot of people, they think immediately, I'm going to take my dog hiking. I need boots for them. Um. Actually, boots are only necessary if you know your dog has problems with cut pads or something. Okay. Because the best thing you can do for your dog is let their feet feel the ground and dig into the ground. It's better for balance, better for traction. And they sweat through their paws, so it's better for um, dissipating that heat they're building up through hiking. Now, if, if, if our listeners um, actually went to uh, you did what with your wiener.com and actually is there a uh, dog um, first aid kit that you recommend um, either that they put together or that is out there for them to get because I'm, I'm sitting here and thinking one of the first things I would think of is what I'm going to forget in my kit yeah so um you know I'm trained in in people 
first aid to for in mountain oriented, which means that you can't call the ambulance to come help you. And, and so, so you have to be a little more prepared. So I put my own kit together, but I have a couple articles on my blog about that. Um, but if you're going to buy a pre-made kit, mm-hmm. I would go with the Adventure Medical Kit. They have several different for dogs. They have small ones that are good for day hikes, larger ones and they're good for multi-day hikes or bringing your car. And then they have some that are a combination um, people and dog. And in reality, a lot of first aid supplies do transfer over between the sure. two, but there are some specialty things for dogs. Okay, and I, I figured. So I think that's perfect to have a kit that would match the need for uh, human as well as uh, dogs too. So now what yeah. do we bring? So we're getting ready for our hike. And um, what do we bring to make sure you're taken care of and your animals take care of your small animal? So I, I personally err on the side of overprepared, um, and I actually think everyone should. So this is should be the, the norm. <laughs> but is I think, what if my dog gets injured? What if I get injured? What if we have to stay out longer than we anticipated? So... Um, I bring, you know, an extra jacket, one of those silvery emergency blankets. I bring, my dogs are small. This is an advantage of small dogs. If they right. get injured, I bring, I have a small backpack that I can actually put them in and wear on the front of me like a baby carrier. Perfect. And carry them out. Um, but for me personally, I always, always, always bring an extra pair of socks. <laughs> and because your feet can get wet. You know, the socks can get dirty and start to chase, things like that. If you're stuck overnight, they work as gloves. If you had to stay out overnight, um, you know, and you want to have dry socks. So I'm really big on the socks. But for dogs, like I said, water, I do bring a jacket just in case we get stuck out overnight and they need um, help staying warm. And the first aid kit, those are the the biggest things. But bring a headlamp or a flashlight, um, bring some kind of signaling mirror or whistle, and or whistle. They're both good. That way, if someone's, you know, you wouldn't want this to happen, but what if a chopper or something, you know, a helicopter had to come look for you? You can signal them with a mirror, or if you fall off the trail, um, sometimes your voice is weak, and so you can blow with the whistle to get people's attention. So just yeah. emergency-type supplies, just in case, like survivalist kind of. Excellent idea. I mean, in Indiana, you don't think of getting lost in a forest, but I, I honestly... In Indiana, no one does. heading south, there are some. Uh, there's a, one of the national parks down south, and honestly, you can get lost. Plus, and I think this is great wisdom just to prepare for even just an average family going out with their small dog, uh, because you just don't know what's going to happen, and you can get lost. You don't. No. Yeah. No. Um, you get lost. It's so easy to get injured. I mean, yep. it's just yeah. Yeah. Mostly when you're old, like some people, like me. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so is there any other tips you want to add uh, before we kind of close out today and make sure that everyone knows where to find? And by the way, were you at Blog Pause? I was. Yeah. Okay. I did. I yeah. don't. I don't know that I got to meet you, but um, this is kind of what we're trying to do as a series of exposing all the f- folks that were there, and because it's kind of it's interesting. Um, you know, there's a lot of retail people and all that kind of stuff, but they're the, yeah. the exposure for the blogger doesn't seem to be as extensive as I'd like. Plus, all of you, I mean, there's some crossover, but it is so small of a crossover. Majority of you are doing very unique things, and I just thought mm-hmm. this was the right thing to do, and I, I figure it will help you over yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, how many different ways can you write about dogs, right? Right. <laughs> there actually but is a lot. There is a lot. And everyone lot. has their own personal take and experience. 
So, exactly right. Exposure. Um, yeah. So the the last thing I would say that maybe um this is kind of a point to drive home. I did touch on it, but that um any almost any dog is capable of hiking. I've seen you know pugs, the dogs with the flat faces. People say can't hike out hiking just fine. Um. But conditioning, like you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're walking your dog every day at home for at least a half an hour. There's actually conditioning exercises you can do, like someone would do for an agility dog, because hiking on the trail is kind of agility, like um, balance ball, different exercises. Um, I do have some information about that on my blog too. Um, but really, just like people, don't don't jump off the couch in in May and decide to go for you know, take your dog for a 10-mile hike. So right. They could very well get injured or yep. or even just end up really disliking it and never wanting to go back. So you want to keep it a positive experience and, um, you know, go to places that are that are equivalent to their uh, fitness at the time. Yeah, so. no, I agree. Jessica Ray Williams, thank you so much for today. I mean, um, I, I congratulate you on your on your blogging that you've continued it for the last seven years, like you said, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, there wasn't many bloggers. You were one of the founders, so we're glad to see that. And your <laughs> site, if uh, folks are interested in looking at information about hiking with small dogs, and it sounds like with a lot of information about small dogs, but the site, you did what with your wiener.com. Uh, fabulous, fabulous time, and I appreciate you spending time with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Interesting. Always good times at Blog Pause. Yes, if they could have been there. <laughs> well, I know. Some were yeah. and some weren't, but, I mean, we're super excited to get yeah. to have these folks join us for a short little snippet, yeah. share about what they're passionate about. Just to promote them. Just, just an education you know for our listeners. Doing. So yeah, and They're doing cool stuff. They really are. All of them are, for sure. So we have a whole series of these. They are available on humarian.com slash blog pause. Um, we will continue to update that page as we have the opportunity to talk to these folks over the next couple weeks. So we're excited about that. And as always, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or just our straight-up regular website, humarian.com. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Humarian Health. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. Thank you.